Welcome back to another episode of the Nancy AF Podcast. This is Nancy Anderson. Today's episode comes in highly requested, and it's all about fasting. There's so much information and many resources out there on this topic, so I thought I'd give an overview of a few major topics I think are relevant for the majority of us on fasting. Now, it can be a little overwhelming, and I hope you don't feel bogged down by all this information, but rather, hopefully, this will be inspiring to you to learn the data that's out there and to help you figure out if maybe fasting would be something that you would like to implement into your own life. Things on deck. We're going to review the different types of fasting. We're going to review the benefits of fasting, the effects of coffee and amino acid supplementation during fasting. We're going to go over whether or not you should be working out during a fast or how you should exercise while fasting, how to break a fast, and so much more. Lots of stuff to cover today. So let's dive on in. Personally, as you probably know, I practice fasting in my own life. Um, and all of my plans practice some sort of fasting or at least have fasting options in them. Um, I'm a big believer of the scientific evidence there is behind fasting, and that's why I implement it both in my programs and my own life. Because of my experience and my research that I've done on the topic, I feel pretty confident recommending some version of fasting for many, if not most of my clients, but definitely not all. There are exceptions to the rules, which I will dive into later. Um, but I actually do include and offer fasting options in all of my programs, including my 30-day slim down, my 10-day detox, my weekly Bible diet meal plans, and my lifestyle ebook, my Bible diet. So Although I don't necessarily advertise all my programs as like fasting because I feel like that's like very, you know, the fasting is not a fad, but I feel like talking about fasting and marketing like, oh, this is like fasting. That is kind of like a fad. And I don't know. I guess I just don't openly try to like swindle people into buying my programs by like using that really hot topic term, which I don't know, maybe I should, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I do include fasting options in all my programs because for most people, not all, it can be very effective and people typically see great results when they implement some sort of fasting, which is a bunch of different ways that you can do it. Um, but if you are interested in trying fasting, but you just need some more guidance on maybe what to eat while you're eating, a uh, carb cycle to do while you're in your eating window and all that stuff. You can check out any of those programs because all of them include some sort of fasting option. Of course, as always, I just have to remind you that um, before starting any sort of nutritional program, you should always check with your doctor first. All right, let's get into it. FYI, if you want to hear uh, answers to some FAQs, you can zip ahead to the end of the episode, but I definitely encourage you to listen all the way through because we get into some really cool information in this episode. Okay, first things first, fasting is not a fad. It's just not. Humans evolved as fasting creatures, and in many species of animals also evolved this way, including us, humans. It's not like our ancestors were using fasting apps or purposefully going without food for 12 plus hours a day, but whether they realized it or not, they were really fasting. They they went for long periods of time without food out of just, you know, the sheer reality of life as hunter-gatherers who sleep when the sun goes down and wake up when the sun comes up. Our predecessors ate food when it was available, and then they fasted when it was not 
available. And this actually helped us create a robust and healthy physiological system. Now, I get how it's easy to equate that with things like the South Beach diet or counting macros or what else do people do that is like super trendy. But but fasting is really, although I know it seems trendy, fundamentally, it's really pretty natural actually for the human body. And I think it's important to understand this because so many people see fasting or hear the word fasting and they automatically think, oh my God, drastic. This is drastic. And it really doesn't have to be drastic if you approach it correctly. So how does fasting work exactly? Let's first see what happens when you eat food, especially, for example, carbohydrates. I'm not saying that carbs are bad, but just to help you understand. Carbs from the food we eat gets broken down into sugar and dumped into our bloodstream. Sugar is then shuttled out of the blood and brought into our cells so that they can use it for energy. If you don't use all the sugar, then the excess sugar will be stored, <clears throat> excuse me, stored in our fat cells. This whole process is largely facilitated by a hormone called insulin, which if you've been in any of my coaching groups, you've heard a lot about insulin, um, which is made by our pancreas. When you're not eating, that is when you're between meals. Our pancreas doesn't need to produce as much insulin because we have lower levels of sugar in our blood and therefore less sugar that needs to be shuttled around. Does that make sense? This drop in insulin and blood sugar triggers our bodies to instead use an energy we've stored in our fat cells as fuel instead. The fat that is converted into molecules, it's called ketone bodies, aka we start to burn fat then. The key goal of fasting then is to increase this quote unquote between meal window so that our insulin levels drop low enough to get us into a fat burning state. Now, if you've done my slim down, really if you've done any of my programs, you know I do a very specific carb cycle, which I'm not going to talk about here because to be honest with you, I don't want anyone stealing my shit. You know what I'm saying? I work really hard to stay on top of like research and to make sure that my programs give like the best possible results. But I will say this. Fasting, what I just am talking about here with like controlling the insulin, we can do that by not eating and fasting. But we can also control insulin in other ways by strategically placing certain foods and macronutrients in certain places to help control that insulin to better get those ketone, ketone bodies and get you burning fat. It's all about hormones. So when I say, when I hear people like talk about energy in, energy out, it just like shows me how elementary their nutritional knowledge is because if you really know how the body reacts to different macronutrients and the different combination of different macronutrients, you actually realize it's so much more than energy in, energy out. It's really a lot about hormones. It's a lot about that one hormone too, which is insulin. So this is a good note here to understand why fasting has been shown to help promote weight loss, but also for my program specifically, also why your carb cycle is shown to promote weight loss as well outside of that eating window. So attacking like two different ways. We're doing some sort of fasting if that's appropriate for you and you can choose whether to do it or not. But then I'm also doing that with your carb cycle as well. So yes, you can lose weight while fasting, but it's not necessarily because you're eating less. So it's not really the calories in, calories out, energy in, energy out. You're primarily adjusting when you eat. 
And it's this food timing that can have a powerful metabolic effect on your body. And same goes with my carb cycles. In fact, you can still lose weight while eating the exact same amount of calories that you would normally eat if you add in fasting and honestly, if you add in a better carb cycle. It's just that your meals are going to be probably a bit larger and closer together while fasting because you have time off from eating. So obviously, if you're currently overeating, then yes, you may need to actually eat fewer calories. But for a lot of my clients, this actually is not the case. I can't tell you how many of my moms especially, um, are not overeating. Some of them are actually under eating and some of them are eating pretty appropriate amount. They're just need to eat higher quality calories. So same amount of food, just higher quality foods, um, and stop eating late night snacks and implement some sort of like rest period for their body where they're not taking any food in, plus add in an ideal carb cycle while they are eating, and they tend to see optimal results for lots of reasons, but mainly this just helps regulate their hormones, aka that big fat hormone, insulin, as the number one. So that's just something to keep in mind. Now, in addition to promoting fat loss, fasting also has a lot of other great things going on for your bodies as well, which we'll talk about in a minute. But let's explore how these benefits occur. One thing that fasting does is promote a process called autophagy, which involves breaking old or damaged cells down for later reuse. Think of autophagy as taking apart an old, worn-out brick wall and then reusing the individual bricks to build something else. Autophagy is essential for maintaining healthy cell function and may even be cancer preventative because it can promote the expression of tumor-suppressing genes. Fasting also acts like a rocket booster for our metabolic and hormonal system. It allows us to use energy that would be otherwise diverted to digestion and apply it to other processes in the body, such as cellular and mitochondrial repair, immune function, and more. So let's talk about how to fast then. How should we fast? Well, there's lots of different styles and methods of fasting, and it's not totally clear which types of fasting is best. Remember, nutritional science is changing all the time. You may have heard of many different styles of fasting, such as intermittent fasting or IF, time-restricted eating, the 16-8 fast, the 5-2 fast, um, alternate day fasting, prolonged fasting, and so on. There's so many ways to fast. I describe these in detail in my Bible diet, at least the three, the three different options that I um, offer in my Bible diet. But essentially, they're all based on the central idea of consume no or very few calories for a certain period of time. So if you think of fasting, that's basically what it means. Whatever kind of fasting it is, essentially, it means to consume no or very few calories for a certain period of time. So what kind of fasting is best? What type of fasting is best? Well, there's no real blanket answer here. There's no real blanket prescription here. What works best for you may not be best for someone else. And that's totally okay. Remember I say, if you've been with me in my coaching groups that like every body is different, like every individual body is different. So things that 
work for one person may not work for the other. And that's why I give three options in my lifestyle program. Um, and I, I've, I give options in my slim down and I give options in my 10 day detox because there's just not one specific plan that's going to work best for everyone. So that's why I also offer coaching to help people work through those things to find what works best with their individual body. Um, but things that influence this, like your results uh, on different kinds of fasting or what fasting will be best for you. Things that influence this is going to include, but not limited to, gender, age, your activity level, your health status, your lifestyle, your personal preferences. Um, And my general recommendation to people who want to try fasting is to A, you know, start simple, like my slim down, for example. What we do in my slim down is do a 12-hour fast, which is like very simple. Um... And it really helps people to kind of get introduced to the fasting method. Now, it's not, you don't have to do it in my slim down. You don't have to do the fasting. Like some people that work night shifts and stuff just can't do it. So we we don't, it's not a requirement for everyone to do it. It's a suggestion. And I suggest that people start with a 12, 13, or 14 hour fast in my slim down. Um, so starting with something that's realistic, like a 12 hour fast, for example, would be a great place to get started and to place your eating window earlier rather than later in the day. Um, And also consult with your physician or your functional medicine doctor. If you're under any sort of medical supervision for a health condition, if obviously you're pregnant, you should not be fasting. If you're nursing, also don't really recommend fasting. Or if you're currently under a lot of stress, i.e. you don't get a lot of sleep, your current diet is like super shitty, then I want to offer more specific guidelines to you, and that really is start with my 30-day slim down, okay? Start with my 30-day slim down. Um, And if you're going to do, this is the thing. This is the issue that I find is I get a lot of, I get a lot of clients to come, that come to me that say, hey, I've been doing um, Whole30 and I've been doing um, a fast. I fast for 16 or 18 hours a day and I'm not losing weight or worse I'm gaining weight like what should I do and my answer is do the slim down and stop fasting if you don't want to stop fasting do a 12-hour fast only so that means 12 hours of eating window 12 hours of not eating and that's usually because they're super stressed or hormones are out of whack and their body doesn't know what's going on and is just fighting the fasting that they're doing because they're doing it to an extreme, a more extreme level. Don't want to say extreme because it could get way more extreme than that. But typically, and I find this with my postnatal moms most of the time, pregnancy does a doozy on you. It's not always appropriate for you to start fasting and do it aggressively where you're only eating for six or eight hours a day. Sometimes we just need to like ease in regulate hormones, get everything replenished, take care of deficiencies. And you can listen to my postnatal depletion podcast on this if you want. And then build up to that later on. I did not start fasting when I was postnatal. When I was pregnant, I didn't fast. I have really low blood sugar. So um, it's not, I can't, I can barely do a 12 hour fast when I'm pregnant, to be honest with you. And that's just okay. 
There's literally nothing wrong with that. I can't do my carb cycles pregnant and I can't really fast pregnant. And that's just, that's just how my body is like when I'm pregnant and when I'm breastfeeding on the same way. So I, I will do my carb cycles when I'm breastfeeding and that helps a ton regulating hormones for me and helping to lose the baby weight for me. But I can't really fast. The best I can really do is like a 12-12. And then when I start weaning, then I, I start doing time-restricted eating windows, which I'll get into. Um, and that's what – and then I just gradually work up to whatever. But really, even if I made myself fast, my body would resist it. It's just not appropriate for me. With that said, I have some breastfeeding moms – that do fasting and do great with it. So this is not a hard rule. I'm not saying a hard rule. Remember, there are no really hard rules. But I have found the majority don't do well when they're doing like uh, fasting for longer than, you know, 13, 14 hours. And some honestly don't even do good with that directly post-pregnancy. So that's again why I just always start everyone on the slim down. You're breastfeeding, start with the slim down. You're new to my program, start with the slim down. You're new to fasting, start with the slim down. Start with the slim down. That's step one, builds the foundation, takes care of deficiencies, helps to regulate hormones through a very introductory type of fasting plus a, a carb cycle and pairing special foods together and macronutrients together to best support you as you build that foundation, as you iron out deficiencies, as you repair your gut health, as you control your insulin and regulate hormones. So a few caveats worth mentioning of people that maybe don't want to do fasting would be just you're just not a good candidate for fasting. For instance, maybe they have a muscle wasting disease or they've become, you know, debilitated by cancer, for example. Any like extreme medical conditions, you got to just talk with your doctor. Have to. Um, for these people, like a fast, a fasting mimicking diet may be more like appropriate, which is something pioneered by researcher and scientist Dr. Walter Longo, which this would be a fast fasting mimicking diet, which would be like a very low calorie, low protein diet um, that still can give you fasting benefits without actually fasting. But again, something like this, you should be working with a functional medicine doctor to make sure that you're doing something that's appropriate for your body based off of your health conditions. So if if you or your doctor are concerned about fasting, you can still adjust your diet in ways to make sure that you're getting a regular stream of calories, but the calories will still affect your metabolism in a way that will stimulate fasting. Um, and I refer you to the work of Dr. Walter Longo on this if you have more questions or to take, you know, to see a functional medicine doctor who is probably familiar with his work and you guys together could work on something that would be appropriate for your personal situation. But fasting also may not be ideal for you if you're currently under high amount of stress. So this this part probably applies to some of you that you want to take seriously before you dive into doing fasting. Um, if you're currently under a lot of stress, like you don't sleep well or you eat a shit ton of sugar and processed foods, um, this is for you. So excess stress can like exhaust your adrenal glands, which I have talked about before and I'm sure most of you are familiar with that. Um, and this may lead to uh, fluctuating hormone levels that drive imbalances in your sugar and your insulin levels. If this sounds like you, you may want to consider committing to a healthier diet and lifestyle program first to regulate hormones before experimenting with fasting, which is kind of a summary of what I was just talking about. My Bible diet does this, my weekly meal plans, my slim down would be the best 
um, st first step for that, as I mentioned, um, because it'll help your body get into a state that is optimally primed to benefit from fasting. So also in my Bible diet, I include a template that I call the 3-2 method, which is a great way to accommodate different people who still can't do fasting for maybe one of those reasons, too stressed, you don't sleep, you're eating, you're on a really bad diet, for example. Um, and this could be a good first step, the 3-2 method in the Bible diet, which would be kind of similar to my slim down, just not as aggressive, um, would be a great way to accommodate these people that you can you could still have success on the program, um, even if fasting wasn't right for you until maybe you got your adrenal glands healthier and functioning better and then you could graduate still using the bible diet but you would just graduate from the three two method which is an option in there to maybe tre or if and those are other options that are in my bible diet as well so slim down would be the best choice but if you don't want to do the slim down i will go to the bible diet and start there Okay, so major benefits of fasting. Before I answer some specific questions about fasting that I've gotten from my community, I'd like to start by sharing a few interesting pieces of evidence I've uncovered about fasting in my research over the past several years. My goal here is to really drive home the idea that fasting is not some diet trend or silly fad, but rather a natural method that has many, many applications for a variety of people and goals. Various levels of research done in human and animal models have found that fasting can offer the following benefits. Increased lean muscle mass and accelerated fat loss, even in studies at least on animal models, just want to say it was on animal models, in which no other changes to the diet were made except when the eating happened, except their eating window. That was the only change that was made, and there was increased lean muscle mass and accelerated fat loss. I talk about this in depth in my Bible diet plan. This study is one of the main reasons why I do the fast, the type of fasting that I do, with the eating window that I do, because of this exact um, thing because it's hard to build lean mass. I want to always build more lean mass. So like any extra edge I can give myself to do that, I'm going to take it. Um, okay. Also decrease oxidative stress, which is related to aging. This is important. So I'll explain a little bit here. Oxidative stress can be thought of to the same way that rust forms on metal. Now, normally all the cells in your body produce reactive oxygen and nitrogen molecules or species. They're often described as RONs in literature, by the way, as normal byproducts of various metabolic processes that require the use of oxygen. But these reactive molecules can be harmful if they build up in your system. Fortunately, our body is usually able to neutralize these reactive oxygen and nitrogen species with the help of some antioxidant mechanism, which, you guessed it, includes antioxidants we consume in our diet from things like vegetables and also fruit. As we age, particularly if we're not aging well, for instance, we're eating a lot of crap, we're not exercising enough, we're super stressed out all the time, we're not sleeping, blah, 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 our body's ability to counteract these harmful reactive molecules starts to tank. So now we have a situation where harmful byproducts that arise as a simple function of just existing start to pile up in our system and can damage our cells, can damage our tissues, and can damage our organs. The rust, quote unquote, they say. So... This is why oxidative stress has been linked to conditions like heart disease, kidney disease, age-related muscle wasting diseases, and cancer. Needless to say, 
the fact that fasting has been shown to minimize oxidative stress in the body is hugely important from both a longevity and wellness perspective. Okay, moving on. So I just wanted to break that down just in case you weren't really sure what that means. So hopefully that helped you understand a little bit. Also, decreased inflammation, another benefit. We know chronic inflammation is linked to almost every chronic health condition out there, including cancer, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, dementia, and more. So it helps to decrease inflammation. Big check in the win category. Uh, it also improved insulin sensitivity and blood sugar levels, which is a main driver of weight gain. We talked about that before. Um, de- decreased blood pressure, improved cognitive function and protection against memory loss, which is awesome. Boost your immune system and gut health, which everyone could benefit from. Fasting may also reverse the effects of certain diseases, including diabetes and multiple sclerosis. Improved disease-free lifespan and longevity was another benefit. Also, in cancer patients, fasting before a round of chemotherapy can improve quality of life and reduce associated symptoms like nausea, vomiting, and fatigue. Research has also shown that fasting can help cancer patients by starving cancer cells of their preferred energy, which is sugar, and make those cancer cells more responsive to chemotherapy. I talked about this in my... um, the podcast I did covering cancer research. Longer fasts, which would be considered basically 24 hours or longer, appear in many cases to offer more robust health benefits, especially in terms of cancer prevention and autophagy. This is thought to be because longer fasts are better at promoting reduced blood sugar levels and switching the body into a fat burning state. Even the time restricted eating featuring shorter fasting windows can still be beneficial here and are generally more sustainable and well-tolerated than prolonged fasting. I have yet to do a prolonged fast. I'm a little nervous because of, I don't like, not to be like whatever, but I'm a little nervous because of how low my body fat is. I don't know if it's quite appropriate. So I don't even feel, um, like my husband did this five-day fast mimicking diet. I want to kind of do it, but I'm going to wait to see my functional medicine doctor and just see if he feels like it's like necessary based off of my blood work and stuff. Um, because I'm definitely interested in trying it, but I'm just, I'm just a little concerned because of how lean I am right now, but just something to think about. Haven't done it, so I can't really say personally, but I know lots of people that have done it. I know the research behind it. It does seem, it seems legit. I just, I think it's one of those things that you definitely want to make sure you're working with a functional medicine doctor when you're doing those super long fasts. Like I was watching this guy that does all these like spiritual YouTube videos, which I really, I like him a lot, but sometimes he like tries to talk about nutrition to his followers, which he has a pretty big following. And I'm just like, dude, no, 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 no. Like he talks about calories in and calories out. And like this past whatever he was doing, uh, past this week, he was doing like a three day fast and he was like telling everyone like what he was doing and he was doing a water fast. And I'm like, please don't tell people to do this stuff without working with their doctor because this is not like fasting for 14 hours. Like you're fasting for 72 hours and you're going 48 of them without even water. I mean, That's like pretty extreme fasting. Like definitely want to be working with some sort of doctor, like functional medicine doctor that specializes in taking patients through that. And they know your specific body and how like 
you know, what your blood looks like, your markers look like, how your insulin responds to stuff. Like, do you, do you go hypoglycemic really easily? Like you gotta be careful because you just, you gotta be careful with that stuff. So if you're doing, thinking about doing long fast, make sure you're working with functional medicine doctor. Okay. Let's talk about the effects of coffee on fasting. This was like a big question that I got, got asked a lot. Can I drink black coffee while I am fasting? Okay. So because coffee doesn't affect your insulin levels, and the main thing we're trying to do here is control insulin levels during the fast, then drinking black coffee should be perfectly fine. I still think we probably need a little more research on this. It's not 100% clear, but yeah, it does appear to be, from what we know, perfectly fine. A lot of people actually say caffeine can help them work out better in a fasting state, which I'll talk about more in a second. Um, but one reason to consider drinking water only during a fast and not even adding caffeine is because adding caffeine can affect your circadian rhythm, which is your body's normal biological clock. Every cell in your body has this internal clock, including those cells that influence our metabolism. In other words, while drinking black coffee may not kick you out of your quote-unquote fasting state, it still may impact your metabolism in a non-optimal way, although there's no real specific data that addresses this as far as I know. Now, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, we haven't addressed that yet in research. If you're a nutrition buff and you know of it, please send it to me. I just don't think it, I just don't think we have it yet. I suggest trying to stick with a water only fasting template for a while and see how it impacts your sleep, recovery, attention, fat loss, etc. And then maybe try adding in your caffeine, black coffee, and see if you feel any different. See if your results are, results are any different, including, you know, body composition, your sleep, your recovery, attention, fat loss, those things I just mentioned. Uh, the same goes for supplementing with amino acids. Our bodies process amino acids differently depending on the time of day. So while we need those to support protein synthesis and muscle building, which is super important, it may be more effective to consume your amino acids within your feeding window and allow your metabolism to fully rest and reset when you're fasting. So yes, amino acids are also okay um, during your fast. Like it should, it shouldn't, as far as I know, as far as I know, and the leaders in the industry that I have heard speak on this and lecture on this, and the research that I've seen, amino acids, if they're just amino acids, they are okay. They shouldn't kick you out of your fasting window. But same thing, kind of applies here is like it may be more effective to consume it inside your eating window and just really let your metabolism fully rest when you're fasting. Okay, moving on. Is it good to exercise while fasting? Another question I kept getting. My short answer is it depends, basically. That's the answer. It really depends. Fasting can be shown to improve endurance benefits like Aerobic-based workouts, for example, and that's a certain eating window, which I talk about in the Bible diet. So if you're like a long-distance runner, I it, studies show that you should eat in this certain uh, eating window, which I go over inside my Bible diet ebook, and that that would be optimal for you. It, it also can help you boost fat burning. Fasting can when you're working out. However, strength training while fasted may not be as effective because your muscles will be depleted of sugar, called glycogen, 
when it's stored in your muscles. So you may not feel as strong or as energized for heavy lifting. And until and unless your body becomes fully fat adapted for fuel, that is you enter a deep state of ketosis through fasting wherein your body uses fat for a fuel source and your body may begin to use protein from your muscles for energy during fasted exercise, which could potentially promote muscle loss. Does that make sense? But remember, research has shown that fasting can help increase lean muscle mass and strength while at the same time reduce body fat levels. When in doubt, if you're going to exercise or in a fasted state, do workouts that more are more like endurance-based and or aerobic-based and save your strength training for when you're inside your feeding window. Or at the very least, place your workout at the end of your fasting window so you can consume post-workout protein that helps drive strength, muscle mass, and recovery. So that's what I usually do. I'm a morning workout person. I got to work out in the morning. So I will, if I'm going to lift, I will lift and then make sure my eating window is opening pretty much right after that so I can make sure I get in fuel to help support my lean mass. It's also extremely important to make sure you're drinking plenty of water during your fast so you stay hydrated, whether you're working out or not. So I usually suggest three to four liters of water a day. That's my suggestion. And that's kind of what's mandatory on my slim down, three liters a day. But some people need four. Okay, the ideal way to break a fast. So You've been fasting, let's say you've been fasting for 9, 10, 12, 14 hours. Maybe you've even done a prolonged fast, such as 24 or 72 hours. Under the supervision of a doctor, of course. Under the supervision of a doctor. Don't do those without a doctor. I don't even offer those in my programs because you need to work with a doctor if you're doing it. Now, okay, let's say it's time to eat again, though. Okay? It's after your fast. No matter what kind of fast you're doing, it's time to eat. How do you break your fast? What's the best way to break your fast? From what I've gathered and for how I do it in my programs and the research, you know, in my own personal experience, the best way to break your fast is with protein and fat rich meal, a protein and fat rich meal. Think salmon and roasted broccoli, a veggie omelet, a high quality smoothie that doesn't have a lot of fruit in it and just has like protein veggies and, and high quality fat. Eating enough protein when you break your diet is important when you break your fast is important because it will promote proper cell growth signaling to restore your physiological systems. A meal like this is a f- an effective way to reintroduce food into your system without overly spiking your blood sugar and insulin which you know that is like so important when I program my nutrition programs. Rapidly elevating blood sugar levels can lead to subsequent sugar crashes, which you can recognize as food cravings, irritability, being lethargic, etc. Not a good kind of stress to put on your system, especially when you're coming out of something that's so rejuvenating and restful like a nice fast. Spiking blood sugar levels also switches you out of your your metabolic fat burning state that you entered as a result of your fasting. So easing into your eating window with a nice lean protein and fat helps you extend this metabolic state more effectively. 
Plus, repeatedly spiking your blood sugar over time, whether you're fasting or not, to be honest, can make it just harder for your body to use insulin effectively, which is can be a major precursor to diabetes. Now, breaking your fast with a high-quality protein is especially important depending on when you're breaking your fast, what time of day you're breaking your fast, because certain hormonal changes in your body will happen depending on the time of day you're breaking your fast. I talk about this in great detail in my Bible diet plan, and this is why I carb cycle the way I carb cycle in my programs. So if you're interested in learning more about carb cycling, then I highly recommend checking out my um, Bible diet ebook, which goes into detail about the research around it and the rule, the quote unquote rules I have about this kind of stuff. Um, or if you just want me to lay all your meals out for you using these protocols and all you have to do is just cook and eat and not even have to think about it, you can sign up for my weekly Bible diet meal plans. I also practice the same method in my slim down and my 10 day detox. So in other words, Don't believe that IF and time-restricted eating means you're going to get a pass on eating whatever you want. It doesn't really work that way. IF and time-restricted eating will enhance the effects of healthy dietary choices. And these methods are not intended to offset the effects of an unhealthy diet. Does that make sense? So it's really... It's, good. it's a lot more than just fasting is what I'm saying. It's a lot more. It's the quality of foods that you're eating. It's the time that you're eating. It's the carb cycle that you're doing. It's what you're pairing with what. So I know that nutrition can get overwhelming and confusing. And this is why I think a lot of people come to me and they're like, I've been fasting and it's not working. And that's because you're only doing one part of the equation. And there's like five different parts. Okay, handy resources. I think fasting is valuable. It's accessible. It's free tool for a lot of people. And they can truly enhance their overall health utilizing it. Um, I like apps such as Zero that can help you visually track how long you're fasting for and give you some good motivation to stay disciplined. So if you guys just want to try it on your own without me, then maybe check out that app. It's called Zero. Z E R O. And before I dive into my FAQs to finish things up, I just want to remind you that my Slim Down program, I start a new group every single uh, first. Every single month, the first Monday of every month, I start a new group. I'm starting a new one coming up um, on Monday. And this program is a great way to introduce fasting into your life. If you're new to it, this we do it in a very simple and doable way. It's not even a big deal. It's just a very subtle introduction to a great carb cycle, to controlling those hormones, controlling insulin, and implementing a, a very easy fasting window for you. I coach hundreds of men and women through my Slim Down program every single month. I'm there with you every step of the way to make sure that you're implementing the program well. I help you understand the different options you have to customize the program to best fit your body, your routine, your schedule. Um, And there's really just like something about having the support of an entire community going through the same thing as you that really just makes the slim down, uh, healthier diet change, uh, new carb cycle, uh, fasting routine, just way easier to stick to. So if you want to join us, we start on Monday. You can um, sign up by just purchasing the digital download off my site, nancyandersonfit.com. 
And before I wrap up, I'm just going to include a couple FAQs that were asked kind of like last minute when I was writing notes for this podcast. I asked my I asked my community what else they wanted to know about fasting. A lot of the um, FAQs I've already covered in the previous, uh, what is it, 40 minutes. But there's a couple more that I just wanted to go over next. Um, okay, mainly the different types of fasting. So people hear about IF and they... Have also, if you're following me closely, you probably have also heard about time-restricted eating. And people are always like, well, what's the difference? It seems like it's the same thing. Like intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating windows, they seem like they're the same. I call it TRE, time-restricted eating. So if you see me talk about it, I usually just abbreviate TRE and IF. So those are the two different kinds. They're similar, but they're not exactly the same. So I want to help you try to understand maybe the key differences here. Because this is the probably the, the question I get the most. Okay, so intermittent fasting. Now, this is a bit of a broad concept, and it's that trendy term that you hear thrown around in the nutrition world or on social media. Um, And it's really broad concept if you think about it, because technically, every time you're in between meals, you're technically doing intermittent fasting, unless you're snacking, in which case, you know, you're just doing IF in between your meal and your next snack, which should be like 45 minutes or whatever. But when most people talk about IF, though, they're actually generally talking about fasting for 10 to 16 hours per day. This is usually what they say when they're doing IF. But technically, IF just means whenever you're not eating in between your meal and your snack or your meal and your meal or whatever. But assuming that you're talking about what most people mean when they hear IF, intermittent fasting, is they're talking about fasting for 10 to 16 hours per day. This might look like eating dinner, then skipping breakfast the next morning, and then not eating again until lunch. The thing about IF, though, is that technically you could fast at any point in the day. So in theory, I could break my fast at lunchtime, a late lunchtime, like 2 p.m., and then eat until 10 p.m., which is pretty late at night for most people. And then I'd fast until 2 p.m. the next day. Okay, so sure, that's technically a 16-hour fast, but is that an optimal fast? This is where time-restricted eating, or TRE, comes in. Like IF, TRE takes the approach that you should fast for a certain amount of time. And the research varies on how long it's optimal, depending on your gender, activity, and all those things that we've talked about before. But usually, they cite anywhere from 10 to 16 hours fasting, and then 8 to 14 hour feeding window is ideal. But TRE also wants you to time your feeding window so that it's in relation to when your metabolism is optimal. In other words, TRE, or time-restricted eating, takes into account when your sleep-wake cycle is and asks you to coincide your eating window with your metabolic on state, quote-unquote on state, when your metabolism is on. So most of us this means eating during the day and not eating after the sun goes down or give or take a couple hours, maybe depending on your schedule. Basically, this is how our ancestors evolved. Eating too late in the evening, as IF would technically allow you to do, means you're eating when your metabolism and digestive systems are ready to power down for the night. And this can really confuse your body. I think this is like especially true for women and postpartum women in particular who are already troubleshooting and trying to resolve 
metabolic and hormonal imbalances anyway. This, I think, is where, you know how I mentioned people come to me all the time and say they've been fasting and it's not working? This is, I don't allow people to do this in in the slim down. It's not an option for you to do IF like that. Um, and I think that's probably where most of them are running into big issues because they're not respecting their sleep-wake cycle, and therefore it's not really helping their metabolism as much as they would like it to. So when you do TRE, it's much more about optimally supporting your metabolism while it's on its on state. I do TRE. I do a specific um, fasting eating window using TRE because of this exact thing. Um, it just makes more sense. And you know, if you do my slim down, I like you to finish eating about two hours before you go to sleep to best promote a healthy sleep cycle. Um, and quality sleep is very important for hormones and metabolism. So it would make it, I mean, it would make it virtually impossible for you to do IF like that if you're eating until 10 PM, you're not going to go to bed until 12. I mean, most, most of you guys are not on a schedule like that. Now, if you are, that's a different story, but Most of you guys are not. So that's why, that's the main difference between IF and TRE. Does that make sense? TRE is accounting for your sleep-wake cycle. And technically, IF is not. Okay, last few FAQs. There's just a couple other ones that I got. Um, what's the best way to fast? I kind of I kind of already answered that for you guys. Um, but people are also asking how I incorporate fasting into my life, which I kind of already said. Um I do TRE, but a specific eating window within that. Um, And I go over that in detail in my Bible diet. But I think a lot of people probably understand now why I do recommend TRE for most people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that TRE is the answer for you every single day. Realistically, I think it's hard for a lot of people to do TRE every day. And really, a good goal for optimal benefits is actually just to follow a a fasting protocol six days a week. Um, which has been shown in a study to be just as effective as fasting every single day. So that's good news for most people that want to take one day off on the weekends, which sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't just because I feel better when I'm fasting. Um, And additionally, most fasting experts seem to recommend adding in the occasional prolonged fast, which can really help you ramp up autophagy processes that we talked about earlier and helps your body to kind of like clean house, so to speak. And I've heard, you know, many people, leaders in the field, for example, recommend kind of following fasting Monday through Friday. And then they add in like a 24-hour fast one to two days a month. And then something closer to like a three-day fast or fasting mimicking diet a few times per year. So that's not written in stone, but it seems to be kind of like the 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 decent template based on literature. As I mentioned, I haven't done a prolonged fast yet. I haven't done a fast mimicking diet yet. It is something I want to try, but it's not something that you would, I would want to try like close to pregnancy. And right now, so I'm like a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half out from pregnancy. So it'd be appropriate time for me to do it now. I just like, I really like eating. I don't know. It would be hard. It would be hard for me mentally, I think, but, um, So I probably would do a fast mimicking diet and I just want to work with my functional medicine doctor. So when I get back to California in September, I probably will bring it up to him at my next checkup and just like see what he says. Like, is this appropriate for me? Like how are, you know, every, how's everything looking for me blood wise? Um, 
And if he says, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea, or he's like, yeah, I think what you're doing is good, I probably won't do it. I probably will only do it if he says it's good. Because although, like, the research says what it says, and I think it's really valuable, and I think it probably is, I think it's probably right. I just don't know if it would be, like, right for me. I don't know. We'll have to see. If I do it, I will keep you guys posted. Um, Okay, that pretty much wraps it up for fasting. I hope this was educational for you guys. I really hope it was. I'm going to include all my resources um, in the show notes. So if you guys want to see where I'm pulling stuff from, where I learn from, and the studies I'm using to kind of like outline my notes and really what I use to outline my programs and my coaching and my mindset as well. Remember, I don't just make stuff up. Everything that I do in my programs stems from research. So that's why once you buy one of my programs, you can get lifetime updates of my programs because as the science changes, sometimes my plans have to change. Um, And that's kind of, well, right now, actually, there's a lot of debate going on over stevia. Oh, God. So annoying. So, like, for example, you guys know if you've done my Sildone, I allow Stevia uh, in its natural form. And I also allow um, Zevia, which uses Stevia to sweeten it. It's, like, basically kind of like flavored water, so to speak. So, I don't know. The verdict's still coming out. But let's just say it comes out and it's really solid. It's like, hey, this is showing to spike insulin in most people. Then I'm probably going to have to pull it, you know. So, I probably have to go back and reword some stuff and that's just that's just what it is like nutrition is always changing like there is so is like a living organism it is always growing developing changing disproving things and really you have to be a student of the science and that's what I tried to be I do my best to keep up with the research and to be able to um, look at the research that's um, reliable and valuable it's just it's very hard to look at nutrition research because it's very political. There's a hidden agenda. Who's funding it? Who's, it's just, there's holes to poke and everything. But I do my best to look at the leaders in the field, the people that are mentors to me, that I study their work, I study their lectures, I go through their courses, and I look to them to kind of see how they're interpreting stuff, and then I pull from that to develop my programs. And I think I've done a really damn good job, I have to say. I've had thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people do my online programs. Um, I reached people in over 100 countries all over the world this year doing my programs. And they're solid. They work. They're all based off of research. I'm proud of my plans. And um, I think those of you that do them, you get it. This is what I practice in my day-to-day life as well. So I'm a big, I practice what I preach kind of thing when it comes to nutrition. And I hope... um, you guys can see that. I just wanted to make this fasting podcast to kind of help educate you guys and to help you see that it's not just IF and maybe even IF isn't necessarily the best way to fast anyway. Um, Although I do give give it as an option, I don't always, I think that TRE is much more effective for most people, especially my client, which is typically um, uh, either stressed person with you know the go 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 lifestyle which will benefit from TRE a little bit more than IF typically that person would or it's a mom a postnatal mom who also would benefit typically more from TRE but there's no hard rules of course some people just may not be good with fasting in general ever and that's okay too those people would do my 3-2 method for example 
So something for everyone. And I think it's really important as a coach and as a client to understand that just because some, like your best friend is doing IF and seeing great results, that doesn't mean that you will do IF and see great results. You might need to tweak it to fit your body a little bit better, um, which is why I offer lots of different ways to tweak my plans inside once you get inside and you're working with us. Uh, me and my coaches, uh, to be able to utilize the plan and find your sweet spot on the plan where you're going to thrive. So any questions, I would love to hear it. You guys can always reach out to me. Hello at nancyandersonfit.com. You can reach out to me on the gram, although my inbox is such a mess. Um, email is always the better way to get a hold of me. You'll definitely get a response that way. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like my podcast, if you learned something, I would love for you to give five stars, share it with your friends. Um, and I will catch you guys on the gram. Thanks so much.